Before we get started, we'd like to open the airwaves to one of the fellow indie podcasters we love. To show your support and find out more about this amazing podcast, head to our show notes. Hey, creepy people. This is PNW Haunts and Homicides. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Cassie. Together, we explore stories of the paranormal and true crime throughout the Pacific Northwest. For each episode, we do a tarot reading to help us gain some insight on the topic as we share the facts of the case and our interpretations. You can find our episodes featuring true stories from infamous cases such as the misdeeds of Boeing, as well as lesser-known true crime cases like the murders in Tunnel 13 as well as our spooky stories from Pike Place and Raven's Manor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you'd like to listen. Have Have a a creepy-ass day! Make sure to subscribe and follow. Now on to the show. I'm so glad we did this movie. So am I. I have so many notes. It's about time. You haven't taken notes I know. in a while. I know. Although I do think for the live, like when we're watching the movie live together, it's so fresh. That's true. That's partially why I don't feel like I need to take a lot of notes. But for this, I was like, nah, I, I got to remember this. Yeah, I actually, because I watched it at work today. I thought I was only going to watch half at work. And then I'm like, I'll watch the rest at home. And then I was like, no, I have nothing to do today. So... I will finish it. So I'd started handwriting my notes and I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> so then I typed them up and printed them out. And now I have highlighted the points oh. that I actually want to talk about. So Very I don't forget. Fancy. I have a general rule of not watching Christmas movies before oh, Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I wrote that in my notes. I'm like, the fact that I'm watching a Christmas movie before December drives me wild yeah i didn't love that but at the same time i was really looking forward to watching this movie so i really yeah i just i uh, i had certain expectations for it and i feel like some of them were met and some of them were like exceeded Mm -hmm. so i'm like very excited to talk about it but i it did it did hurt me like on an internal level to be hearing christmas music prior to thanksgiving i'm generally a pretty hard stop on that yeah i the fact that anything christmas like the fact that i have a tree up this year is just oh yeah you can't say anything you have a tree up already I well, it was a Halloween tree. Let's yeah, let's but do... you've converted it to the Christmas lighting, right? But it's already up, so it's not like I put it up for Christmas. You posted about it on social media. That feels pretty official. Which social media? Oh, maybe it was Snapchat. Yeah, that's not like social media. Oh, that's okay. Like Sorry, a whole four people, <laughs> um, including you. <laughs> yes, I made the cut. I posted it. On Instagram when it was my Halloween tree and my orange lights, but now it's just my white lights. But anyway. Anyway. It's been known that I'm not a Christmas person at all. The whole month of December is not for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not going to lie, this wasn't the worst thing I've ever watched. No, it really wasn't. And Uh. (laughs) I mean, I, I think it's like Lifetime on steroids where it's like... It was elevated. Like, it was not... It, it was better seem, than yes, a Lifetime movie. Yes, absolutely. exactly. This is I Hate It, Let's Watch It. I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And this wonderful Christmas delight we're talking about is called Falling for Christmas, starring Lindsay Lohan, which, or I think it's Lohan, right? Like, I'm saying it Lohan, wrong, like Lohan. Yeah. Is, I think it's Lohan. Lindsay Lohan and 
damn, guys, was this movie not great? Yes. But did it also make me cry a little bit? Yes. <laughs> it Was it not expected to be Lindsay Lohan's comeback, but kind of Is worked? In a yes. big way. In a Honestly, very big way. Loved her in this. Yeah. So pleasantly surprised yep. by how good she was in this movie. A plus, Lindsay. You did it, girl. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And, you know, there were some cringe moments, as one would expect from mm-hmm. movies of this ilk. But overall, not hard to watch. No. Went down pretty smooth. I have comments, which I will mm-hmm. make. Yes. <laughs> But I'm not mad that we watched this movie at all. No. To be honest, the cast was pretty good, too. It wasn't bad. No. But yeah, like you said, comments will be had. Yeah. And like while we're talking about the cast, I feel like the one comment that I do have to make is that I found the child actress very annoying. Very. Like overacting? Yes. Too sugary sweet. Too like precious little child stereotype. It was too much, sweetie. It was too much... But you know what? I was thinking about it because I feel the same exact way. I think I actually wrote it down somewhere that she is a little too much. Even like, granted, the lines were written for her. But at the same time, the way she performed them was... Yeah, she delivers them in an obnoxious way. Like, Christmas is a time for miracles. Thank you. That was the one I wanted to puke over. (laughs) Fuck off, little girl. (laughs) I already hate this. I hate that I'm watching this. But at the same time, you're not helping. Like, I I don't want to have to hear that because it's so cliche. Yeah. But I think about it and movies like this, lines like that are written for adults. I know. That have to deliver this bullshit. And it's like, yes, their overacting of it, I think, is much worse when it's a kid who's probably, I mean, I haven't seen her in anything else, so probably just starting out. She's going to give it her all, and that's her all because she's a child. So I had to kind of step back a little and be like, all right, give it to her. She's a kid. But there are adults that would deliver that much more cringier, and it's, ugh, yeah. Yes, I agree. I found her the most difficult person to watch. I just I loved the grandma. She was so sweet. And she actually I'm thinking I'm thinking now because you were talking about lines delivered that could be cringe. That scene where uh, she's looking at the memory book mm-hmm. and um, Lindsay's like, Oh, that's your daughter, she's so beautiful and then what's her face? Alejandro, she like takes her hand and she's like, You are beautiful too and like that could have been really cheesy, but I felt like it was really sweet. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a a genuine grandma type thing to say yes and to whoever she was saying like yeah and i didn't feel like it was i don't know contrived like i don't know Uh uh-huh right because you knew what she was saying she was trying to say like you were also worthy of jake's love but it was subtle enough and it was genuine so it was it worked it worked yep um we also have jack Wagner of Melrose Place fame. (laughs) He looks good. For all you Melrose Place fans, my parents being one of them. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, mine too. The fact that, like, between that and Beverly Hills 90210, I mean, it was, what was that, Tuesday nights back then? I don't know. Oh, God, I don't know. (laughs) But it was, like, the back-to-back, you know, soaps that were kind of soap primetime shows. But, uh, yeah, he he looks good. He was a surprising character to me because I feel like before we met him and even like kind of when we met him, you know, he's a rich 
hotel mogul. Like he's mm-hmm. got money, he's got power and influence, yada yada. And the first thing we really hear of him is Lindsay Lohan's Sierra. Mm-hmm. Sierra on the phone with her boyfriend, Tad. Oh, and, I can't wait to talk yeah, about him. Yeah, I'm I'm once I'm finished with this, I'm gonna go right into Tad because awesome. I can't not. So <laughs> but she's talking about how her dad is pressuring her into taking this like vice president of atmospheric design or whatever the fuck that job title is, because he wants her to start working in the family business and, and whatnot. So in my head I'm thinking, okay, so this guy he's a hard to please father figure he wants her to be in the business he doesn't care about her dreams and her you know hopes and goals and whatever and so i feel like when we meet him he was kind of obnoxious to jake on the ski slope but when he interacts with sierra i never really got the impression that he wanted anything other than what was best for her and he didn't really steamroll her she kind of let him steamroll her because she didn't want to disappoint him she Mm -hmm. just wanted to go along with the whole hotel thing even though it wasn't what she wanted i thought we were gonna see more of a bully in him Yeah, But he was much more supportive of her. And even at the end of the movie, when she says, I don't want to do this, he's like totally fine with it. Yeah, because that's not the norm you would see for that character. No. Because you're right, it would be a lot more pushy and ultimatum-ish. Right. Rich men in these movies, rich fathers in these movies seem to expect a lot of their children and you know, are just angry when they don't do what he wants them to do. Mm -hmm. And that's not who this was. I thought that that's how they were setting him up, but that's not who he ended up being. Yeah, no, I think he actually played, despite the rich hotel mogul, he played the dad very well. He was a nice dad. He was a nice dad. He could be my dad if he wants. He can give me all the money. (laughs) Right. And, you know, the privilege or whatever. And before we move on to Tad, because I still want to move on to Tad. Yes. Just real quickly, I do feel like he, and and actually this could segue very nicely into Tad, because I feel like Tad's the only person who acted obnoxiously wealthy, Mm -hmm. whereas Sierra and her dad, Beauregard, Beauregard. fucking Beauregard over here, Beauregard Belmont, fuck you. (laughs) But you could tell that they were rich and that they had a lot, you know, of privilege, but they weren't the most insufferable rich people I've ever seen. No. She would, I mean, they make fun of her like that she doesn't make the bed and she wears all these fancy designer clothes and stuff. But like, I also don't make my bed. And, you know, she likes to dress nicely. I don't know. I like that stuff didn't bother me, but like she wasn't rude to staff. No, I was just going <laughs> to say that. Like, when they all come into her room to get her ready, she isn't snotty to them. Right. She isn't dismissing their opinions or suggestions right and it's like wow okay this is this is going to be different yeah this movie is going to be different i'm not used to this kind of rich bitch she's like not a bitch at all and even in the lobby when jake spills his hot chocolate on her she's not that upset she's just like oh my god my outfit but tad is the one who comes in and it's like flipping the fuck out so maybe that was to juxtapose them but these are the kinds of rich people i would like to be friends with because yes you know, you want to be like, you know, associated with that wealth. But you know, they're also not terrible people to be around. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be you're not going to end up in the tabloid somewhere. Right. Yeah. 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 Now going back to Tat, mm-hmm. I was stunned to learn that this man was not her gay best friend. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I wrote that down 
you know what? I tried to give the benefit of the doubt for a decent part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then it got to a point where, like, three quarters through my notes, I'm like, are we sure he's not gay? Well, because like, he has such great chemistry with Ralph and not literally none at all with Sierra. <laughs> right. And it's just like, and the image, the obsession with the image mm-hmm. and the the likes and the presence, the internet and yeah. social media presence, it's so gross and it's like, <laughs> but that is what today is. Like, that's... Yeah. It, it hit the mark there. And before, you know, as we get into it, the obvious parallels with Overboard. Oh, yes. <laughs> and um, what's the other one? While You Were Sleeping with Sandra Bullock? Yes. One? Yeah. It was just like... It was great. I mean, it was... I think it was probably better. I mean, I didn't see it. But when they remade Overboard with roles reversed... Oh, yeah. I don't think that went over well. Yeah. No. Yeah. Very strange. Honestly, the story is weird. And that's part of the problem I have with this movie. But it's not the movie necessarily. It's this trope of falling in love with somebody who has amnesia. Like, it's just problematic. (laughs) It is. And I think it has evolved since Overboard. Because Overboard was more of a hostage situation. Yeah, right. And so was while you were sleeping, because she was lying. So it was just like, uh, With this, it's like, you're just helping her till somebody tries to look for her. Right. I just don't think they looked hard enough. (laughs) No, uh, definitely not. Given that this ski resort was located, I guess, on the other side of a mountain from the big ski resort you would think that like i don't know somebody might have heard somebody would stumble upon it but yeah i just i i did really love the parallels and one i found i don't i I mean i even looked on imdb there was nothing to you know verify this but court overstreet's character's name character's name is jake russell and i was curious if that was like an ode to Mm -hmm. kurt russell in any way uh-huh. Also, his name's Jake Russell, Jack Russell. But, um, I don't know why. I don't There's think no... that was intentional. <laughs> no, that wasn't. There but... was not a single dog in... Oh, that's a lie. There's a dog with a pink sweater in the beginning, but it didn't belong to anybody, so... I was going to say, there was not a single dog in this movie, oh, but right, there right, was. right, right, In that intro where they were showing us, like, cutscenes of very rich people and very rich things, and it was uh, like, okay, yes. okay, we get it, wealthy people vacation here. <laughs> we, and it we seemed got like it. only wealthy people vacation there. Probably because they can only afford it, and none of us can. But the way, granted, that hotel looked phenomenal. It did look real nice, yeah. I honestly loved the the transitional scenes where they show us that jacuzzi. Oh, like the exposed. On the, on the roof, yeah, yeah, with the exposed wall. Right. And it's like, okay, we get it. Hot people, hot people yeah. go here. And also, I don't really fully understand those designs because they do this now in like very fancy places where they kind of have pools like that that are exposed or you could like look from underneath and it's just like, who is that for? Not me. Do you like, want to look up and be like, hey. <laughs> Nobody wants to see me behind that wall. <laughs> but I just, it's just so funny because. It's a weird concept. It is. It's like I a think human that- fish tank and it's. I don't think yeah. people want to feel like uh, exhibits in an aquarium. No, especially on the roof of a building. Right, because then who is, who is that for? Who is that benefiting? People up on the slopes, they can look down and be like, That, hey. people in helicopters. <laughs> Clearly people filming the resort. Somebody with a drone. But when they're in the lobby and they pan to the sign of the hotel it does look very hiltony yes marriott-ish where it's like they're pricey but not that exclusive where i feel like maybe this one just in particular because it was more of a ski resort than just a hotel yeah it was 
huge yeah. too. It was like yeah. massive. But I also felt like when we got to see Jake's hotel, the North Star, that was a fucking nice hotel too. Yeah. And they make it sound like some kind of simple country dump. Run down, yeah. yeah. But there's $5,000 worth of Pier 1 Imports decorations oh, in the single room. Maybe uh, if you didn't have an individual Christmas tree in each person's if, room, you could cut back on some of your expenses there, Jake. Or the key tags for each room. <laughs> You're not losing that fucking thing. <laughs> That thing was the size of, I'm trying to compare it to something, like a frying pan? Yeah, it was huge. Pretty close. A pretty skillet. Close. A key skillet. A key skillet. So, <laughs> honestly, that kind of a place is going to run you at least $250 a night, I would think. That's a nice fucking hotel. And I would think if the Summit, not Summit, what the fuck is it called? Uh, What, the big hotel? The, yeah. Uh, what is their hotel? It's their last name. Belmont. Uh, Belmont. Yeah, the Belmont or whatever. Why am I saying Summit? Because the the town is like Summit Springs or something. Okay, I don't know why that came to my mind. You would think that if that place got booked up, I mean, it was huge. Yeah. But if it got booked up, they'd be getting... Right, or the overflow. Yeah. Or if it was out of people's price range, like someone's got to stay at the... <laughs> You know, the average Again, Joe's yeah. <laughs> resort, which, by the way, <laughs> I would rather stay there than the big fancy hotel because that place was super cute and very cute. Just had like a nice little rustic. What do the kids call it? Like cottage core or whatever. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what do the kids call it? <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, she could be the VP of atmosphere there because I think that place had more atmosphere than the fancy resort. The fancy uh-huh. resort was just like, we're rich. That's the atmosphere. I think we didn't talk enough about Chad. <laughs> no, I mean, I, th- I figured we would we would be talking about him throughout just because a lot about him, like, ter- like twi- there's twists and turns with him, I feel like. Yes, and I went on a journey with Chad because I hated him mm-hmm. for the first third of the movie. He is He was so fucking obnoxious. And since you looked at IMDb, I assume you know where we know him from. I didn't look that far. Hold on. I only looked at freaking trivia facts. I didn't even look at where he came from. He was in Malignant. (gasps) Oh, he was, um... Detective... Red Kakoa or something like that? Yeah. Yep. No shit. I knew he looked familiar. Yep. I shat myself when I saw that. I was like, holy fuck. Wow. From James Wan. He played an entirely different character. Yeah. So like, honestly, hats off to him because to make that kind of a transition, he's playing a complete idiot in this movie and like an obnoxious dickwad. And it's... I mean, we have said it in the past, all roads lead to Malignant. Gabriel. Yeah, Gabriel and Malignant, yes, absolutely. Which is wild. It's like <laughs> six degrees of separation. I know. We can probably track all of our movie episodes back to Malignant in some way, shape, yeah, or form. definitely. I think they could have done it more subtly. They really hit you over the head with how into his influencing he was mm-hmm. and how much, how little he cared about Sierra in general. It was just sort of a very surface level relationship. Yeah. It makes me wonder what the fuck she saw in him because I didn't really yeah. understand what she got out of that relationship because he doesn't give her anything she doesn't already have. She has wealth and potentially fame well he said to her when she's on the phone with him 
Yeah. While she's getting ready and he is in the limo. He's basically like, well, I'm here to help you get followed. Like, I'm here to like help, you know, because she's all worried about this new job that her dad's giving her. And he's basically like, well, I could help you. I have this many followers and I could do this and that and the other thing. And it's like, okay, great. But also, even when like they're at dinner with the dad, I mean, the dad's reaction to him is all of us. Right. Yeah, like, what do you Like, you can't even be idiot? like, yeah, <laughs> like, you can't even be like, like we said earlier about how the dad really isn't, like, this evil person that they right. usually make the, the yeah. rich, powerful dad out to be because they're sitting at lunch or breakfast or whatever the fuck, and just his facial expressions alone were amazing. Yeah, and, but that, again, you know, why, what is she getting from him? Because- Okay, fine, if he says followers, but she doesn't even know what she wants to do. She may not need followers for what she wants to do, mm-hmm. you know? That relationship makes no sense to me. And they've been dating for, like, almost a year, which is... Almost, right. Like, a long time to be with somebody who gives you nothing <laughs> and But I you... also feel like they barely saw each other anyway. That's probably true, I don't think but... they had sex in that relationship. They had zero chemistry. I don't even think they kissed at all. Even like no. when they got engaged on the mountaintop, like I don't think, I don't that think was, they kissed. That was like awkward photo op moment. Yeah, but actually, thing. I did like his the way he proposed, like his little like there's something. Oh, missing. can't put your finger on yeah, it. Like, yeah, I can't put was... my finger on it, but maybe you can. And then even what he said when he was when he was proposing, he had some like very sweet things. Like I would not have hated that proposal, like from somebody else, obviously, but yeah. like. If if they used the same words, I would have thought that it was kind of sweet. Yeah. But again, he did it all just for his own notoriety and his own Right, yeah. He's image. trying to further... Like, he's definitely getting more out of the relationship than mm-hmm. she is. And um, <laughs> to back up, because the first moment where I felt like I really loved Lindsay Lohan in this movie was when, uh, when she said... When he asks her if she knows how to unlock the snowmobile... She's like, do I look like somebody who knows how to unlock a snowmobile? And in that moment, she's in a bright pink. Oh, I loved that outfit, actually. With this, like, very furry Russian hat. And it's just like, no, she doesn't look like somebody who knows how to unlock a ski. Right, like, she's not even trying to impress you at this point. Why would he even ever think that about her? You've known her for a year. You know she probably doesn't know how to do that. (laughs) That was great. We did. You're right. We went on a roller coaster with him because I feel like I hated him, mm-hmm. didn't mind him, hated him again, then kind of realized the facade. You know what I mean? Like it just it, it it did go up and down a lot. I felt that one of the things that I think served to show us what a douche Tad was to her, and then later on show us how nice Jake was to her. Mm-hmm. was that moment with the music, like when she's singing in the car to, uh, to yes. Jingle Bell Rock, which like, hey, mean girls, hashtag mean girls. And he's like, ooh, honey, you're a little pitchy, you know, like sing it right, basically, and made her feel bad for not singing it perfectly. And that that I got <laughs> stepbrother vibes from. Oh, I've not seen stepbrothers. I'm sorry. I know. What? I know. And my my best friend Jess also feels like we shouldn't be friends anymore after after knowing that. <laughs> that is very upsetting to me. But 
to the rest of the world who has seen it. Wow. It kind of reminded me of the scene with Adam Scott and Katherine Hahn in the car singing Sweet Child of Mine and how he hates her singing and just keeps degrading her. I mean, it wasn't as intense as Step Brothers, but it was the same vibe of like, we're not doing this right. Like, right, yeah. you're screwing it up. Like, no. Mm-mm, no. Right. And then later in the movie, when they're at that tree lighting or whatever, and everybody's singing Christmas carols, he's like, why aren't you singing? And she was like, oh, no, I can't sing. And he was like, who told you that? Like, you have to sing as Christmas carols. And I thought that was kind of a nice moment because, I mean, especially as women, like, how often have we told ourselves that we can't do something just because Mm -hmm. a man has told us that we do it poorly enough times that we just start to believe it? And it shouldn't necessarily matter. So I thought that was kind of a nice moment and Mm -hmm. helped to show both of them for, like, who they are. But I started coming back around to Tad when after the whole accident at the mountaintop where Sierra falls down the mountain and hits her head on a tree and he just kind of also falls down the mountain in a But in a weird, like, yes. Like, it. there's some type of an... I'm going to call it a reverse avalanche because I don't know how else to explain (laughs) it. Because it's like he sunk into a hole, but it wasn't a hole. It was like the other side of the mountain. And... How either of them didn't die, I just... I mean, I know it's a movie, right. but yeah. her hitting her head at that speed, yeah. she would have been dead or paralyzed well, exactly. or something. Movies make light of head injuries all the time. There's brain damage here. Like, this is serious. She should have had a neck brace on the entire movie after that. Right. She should have been in the hospital for observation for a while. And I want to mention this now. I'm going to mention it again many times because once I figured this out, it really fucked with me. Mm-hmm. This whole movie takes the place over the course of four days. Right, yeah, only four, four days. Four days. And I mean, even the amnesia of it all, you're not coming back from that in four days. I don't... That's one of the lowest things on my list here, because the fact that the relationships that develop, the things we find out, the stuff she does, they make it seem like over time she's learning how to be a human being, but it's literally over the course of, like, a couple of days where she learns how to do laundry and and cook pancakes and, you know, make beds. Like, I mean, I know it's not, like, super hard stuff to do, but they, they do these montages that make it seem... They go to that toy drive... They go to the the tree light. They're doing they their schedule is jam fucking packed because yeah. they do so much shit in these like four days. It's insane. Oh yeah, and just even the questions that are asked of her. Does this seem familiar? Have you ever been here before? And it's like, whoa. It it, it was kind of like too like sensory overload. There's no way you are. There's no rec. You can't have recollection of anything well, in four days. I mean, honestly, I'm confused. And movies can play with this a lot because I don't think a, we know a whole lot about how amnesia really works. But some things stuck around. Like, she remembers right. how to talk and walk and that she would want room service in the morning, but doesn't remember her name or anybody else that from her life that she's engaged. Mm-hmm. So it's weird what sticks and what doesn't. And right. also it's you, they're sort of making you think that she doesn't know how to make beds and make eggs, but did she ever know how to do this stuff and she forgot or she just never learned how to do it and she's learning it for the first time now? That would make more sense. <laughs> also the bacon thing. 
yes, let's talk about the bacon. <laughs> her split second reaction to I don't do bacon. Right. That stuck. That was in there. That, that was way too, like that wasn't even like chewing it, tasting it and being like, I don't think I do bacon. No. Boom. Right yeah, off the bat. I know I don't do bacon. I know for a fact, like don't even fuck with me right now. Honestly, I thought the bacon thing was a vegetarian thing. When she said it initially before she lost her memory. Right. I thought she was saying it like I don't do bacon, like I don't do meat. Like I'm not I don't I'm a vegetarian. And so when the daughter kind of bullies her into trying the bacon, I was like, what if this woman has been a vegetarian her entire life and now that she's forgotten she's a vegetarian, she's just started eating meat again. And then she gets her memory back and has so much regret about all the bacon she's eaten. Which goes into later because then she kind of shoves bacon down everybody's throat. Yes! And it's amazing because I'd be like, uh, give me more. Yeah, I mean, I love bacon. Yeah. I think it kind of reminds me of that episode of Seinfeld where George gets upset with Jerry's girlfriend for telling George's girlfriend that his penis looks small and so he puts lobster Uh. in the eggs because, like, she's kosher and she can't have it. So it kind of reminds reminds me of that because it's just like she gets so upset finding out that there was lobster in it because you know like that's her belief system that's like something that she does and so imagine poor Sierra has been a vegetarian that's like her stance on animal rights and now suddenly she has this conflicted energy around bacon that's true it's not fair but also in defense of bacon And what is her name? Abby? Oh my god. When I looked this up, can I tell you? I thought her name was Abby with B's. And then I thought it oh, was Oh, I watched the Addie subtitles. That's with, why. Oh, with D's. And the last thing I thought was that there was a V in there. So fuck this name. Yeah, I wrote has to be short for something, but clearly it's not. No, just Abby. Stupid. <laughs> Abby Cadavy, which is not good. <laughs> oh, you almost spit that out. I know. Like, wine <laughs> almost shot into my eyeballs. <laughs> and out your nose. Like, I saw how that was going to happen. I know. That was close. That was a close one. Don't well, be I was so thinking- funny, Dawn. <laughs> I was thinking of Sesame Street with Abby Cadabby. So I was like, is she Abby Cadabby? And I'm like, wait, Cadabby does not sound good. She should have her own magic shop and call it Abby Cadabby. Oh, see, that would be good. Mm, I don't know, though, because that almost sounds like a cutesy way of saying Avada Kedavra from Harry Potter, which is the killing curse. And so it's like... Uh-huh. <laughs> she could co-own a shop with Percival from... Oh, God. Speaking of Riverdale, I thought that Jake looked a lot like Charles from Riverdale. Yeah. There were moments where I was like, definitely not the same guy. But there were moments where I was like, "Mm, you kind of look like him, though. Yeah. What was I on the bacon thing? Yeah. In defense of in defense of Abby. Yeah. How she was just kind of like, bitch, you have no memory. How do you know you don't like it? Yeah. Except she said it in her stupid, sweet saccharine. She's like, how do you know you don't like it if you don't remember trying it? But it's like, shut up. Get out. Also, just to fast forward a little bit, but during one of the almost kiss scenes, he is very respectful. And it's kind of like, that's where it does not match overboard at all. Because he is basically like, but wait, what if you have somebody? Right, yeah. And I'm like, holy fuck, you do not need to. That's not your fault. Very respectful. If she wants to kiss you, she wants to kiss you. But for him to think that far ahead was just... Yeah, unusual. <laughs> nobody is that respect. Like, no yes. dude is that respectful. I wrote that down as well because I had the same reaction. And the thing is, I wanted to like Jake as a human, as a character. Uh-huh. But there were a couple of moments that I almost felt were like kind of unforgivable for me. Go on. So... So 
one of them was when they're having some kind of argument. I wouldn't even call it an argument. I don't even think any of that seemed like fighting. And there is that moment where I thought they were going to have a huge fight. Yeah. And it didn't happen. Okay, so he, because I have in my notes, I have, wow, low blow, Jake. Because what he said was. Oh, yes, about. What do you know about memories? mm -hmm. You can't even remember your own name. Like, that's her fault? Yeah, that was a that was harsh. I wrote that down that too. That was like, so Whoa. fucking rude and unnecessary. You have a good point in that they don't really argue because he doesn't have a lot of emotion, I feel. Or at least like not a lot of anger. He's very calm even when he seems to be upset. So this kind of came out of nowhere because it didn't really feel like he was angry enough to just blurt something out like that, you know, without thinking about it. So that was just like a, oh. Was that... Right. And was that before after? Okay, this was another part where I jumped the gun and thinking, oh, he's going to lose it on her. After the grandmother was showing her the memory book and she oh, goes to put it yes. back. Yeah, the angel. And yeah, and I'm like, he's going to come in and be like, why are you snooping? Like, yes, I thought why so Why are you going too. in my shit? And it's like, no, he was just kind of like, um, so that's the, an- like, it was just yeah. so nonchalant. There was a tense moment there where he was like, I'm just not ready to put it up yet. And then she apologizes very quickly. And she's like, I'm so sorry. It's none of my business. It wasn't, right. And then he kind of realizes like, oh, that was a little bit short. Let me explain further. So yeah, no, I agree. I thought he was going to get really pissed off at her about I mean and he did and this causes her to run outside and cry to the horse but she overfills the laundry machine with yeah that was bad. with detergent and so but he's that like, was actually unintentional because yeah she didn't realize it yeah <laughs> and this is the point at which the grandmother and Jake are talking about how the uh, finances are building up and they just like don't have enough money for housekeeping and then Sierra comes in and is saying oh like the doctor said that I should do normal things and they were like well we can solve our problem problem with your problem and they basically just put her to work doing fucking chores around the lodge that's exactly what happened in overboard oh i don't remember you know the okay so basically he's told like oh you know like if she starts doing more regular things around the house she'll she'll start to remember things so he goes to work and again it's three boys that he has okay and that's a big ask (laughs) yeah and he's basically like okay you got to make the kids lunches you got to get them on the bus you got to do this you got to do that like he just kept giving her chores to do that's and like so mocking her and i'm telling you like it did not age well no so for them (laughs) to like it No. And I found it weird in this movie, too. It's just weird to be like, oh, you're recovering from a serious head injury in which you lost a huge chunk of your memory. Okay, um, how about you go do the dishes, though? Like, that might help, right? And um, for free, why don't you go to our laundry and make some beds? It's just like... This is slave labor of someone who... It is, but it was a... It, the way they approached it was a lot more forgivable. It was definitely not as... Um, he gets so mad at her for that washing machine thing, and it's like... Do you think she intentionally wanted to right. put the whole fucking thing in there? Like, You're the one who put an amnesic woman in charge of the laundry. Yeah. What do you think is gonna happen? Oh my god. And then the other... The last thing that he does that was kind of annoying was at the end... And when she she regains her memory and Tad and her dad come in to collect her from that party. And she's like, I don't know what to say. Thank you so much. And he's like, forget about it. Because 
you know, like a normal. Oh, I, I didn't like that either. Yeah, because no, 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 no. a normal person, like in any other situation, somebody would just be like, oh, forget about it. Like, it's like, don't worry about it. But like, this was intentionally like, forget everything you did and saw and felt here. Like, fuck. The, yeah, the tone was very strange. Yes. Even the tone, the, pre- like how he just, I don't think he should have said that. Right. I think saying like, don't mention it or something like that. Yeah. But the way it was so finite in forget about it. Right. Yeah. Like not, we're not even going Italian, forget about it. No. no. <laughs> we're going for we're, every syllable being yeah. said. Forget about it. It was very intentional and another dig at her amnesia, which is just not cool because it was not her fault. (laughs) (laughs) Dig at the amnesia. Like, it's so rude. She didn't ask to lose her memory. Uh, So, again, for the most part, I felt like he was a pretty good and decent person. But there were these little moments that I was like, I don't like that. I would not stand for that. And I feel like, though, that is a confusing moment to handle from, like, both of their perspectives because obviously they both have developed feelings for each other, but, like, she can't just, like, immediately abandon her old life for a new life. Mm -hmm. And he also has a right to feel the loss because, you know, he just lost his wife a couple years ago. His daughter's really disappointed that she has to leave. So, like, there's a lot of emotions tied up in in a scenario like that. I don't think it was handled particularly well. I'm sure that Sierra was just very confused and was like okay I guess I'll go with my family but I don't know maybe take a beat (laughs) you know yeah take some time think about it but what cracks me up is that they have to send the police in to like find her I guess but like it's been four days since she's been missing yes again it's been four days and it's at this point where I wrote down there's a half hour left and nobody's looking for her yet right but then I spoke too soon because no sooner did I say that the dad is like talking to Yes, but this is four days later, and no one's been looking for her up until uh-huh. that point. So the fact that what's his face Tad wasn't even looking for her. Well, he was out in the fucking woods with Ralph. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying like once he landed finally, landed. How do you not try to look for her first? Right, like, like he was that just would, looking up well, for again, himself. Yeah, I mean he yeah. is completely self-absorbed. But we have to talk about Tad's journey too because he ends up in an ice fisher's hut. I liked Ralph. Oh my god, I loved Ralph, and I thought that it humbled it, it humbled Tad a little bit. Yes, I honestly thought he was on like a good character journey there, and I I'm sad that we didn't get to see more of it. Honestly, like I could have seen less of the child and more of this because I think this whole unlikely friendship that blues yes. was very cute and also would have helped kind of soften Tad's more obnoxious qualities which i think it ended up doing it kind of did because when they were gonna way, arrest yeah. when they were gonna arrest ralph for trespassing or whatever and tad was like you're gonna have to arrest me too because he saved my life it was just right like, that's kind of cute and like i thought they were gonna stay in touch yeah and even for him to that's what i thought he was gonna do for new year's eve yes we'll get to that yeah bring ralph but um <laughs> yeah but even him saying like you know the sheriff like anything else i could help you you know whatever yeah. he's like can you uncuff him like he didn't do anything yeah So it was kind of like, all right, I appreciated that. But yeah, that was definitely a journey that I think we could have seen. We could have seen more of. It was an unexpected dynamic. I want to say there was an unexpected turn, but I don't think it was unexpected. I think it was very predictable. What? With Tad. Oh, like at the end? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I mean, obviously we knew she couldn't stay with him. Yeah, but besides that, I think it was very obvious that Tad was batting for both sides. Oh, see, I did not... You didn't pick up on that? 
No. I mean, like, I, again, I thought he was gay from the moment we met him, but I didn't think when he asked the concierge to go with him on this vacation that it was a, a romantic thing. Oh, I did only because... You're when... probably right, but I just, I feel like that's a weird thing to throw in at the end. At first I thought I was reaching, and then... <laughs> Yeah. When Jake stops the limo that's not moving. Right. Tells him to stop. Right. Did not move. And he starts pleading his case to Sierra. Tad rolls down the window and is like, thanks, that was really sweet, but I'm not her, basically. Mm -hmm. And then you see the concierge guy like, hi. And even the smirk that Tad gave was kind of like, I'm doing what I, like, this is what I should be doing type of thing. Mm -hmm. This is who I should be doing kind of thing. Yeah. So that's, that's when I was like, okay, it's kind of confirmed that he's definitely bi and this is more his journey than. Okay. I didn't really pick up on that. And I think I would have appreciated maybe. The hairstyle didn't give it away then? Yeah, I didn't like that. That was. Oh, what, what was that? It was so slicked. It was, it was weird. It was very strange. In weird waves. Yeah, right. Yeah. Honestly, like when a black girl does her edges, like that's what it looked like. I was like, that's not. You don't need to do that, bro. Yeah, no, it wasn't a great Don't make things you don't have. No, but I mean, he was flamboyant (laughs) from the beginning, but I guess, but I think maybe because, because I mean, and I did get like gay vibes with him and Ralph too. Oh, I didn't get with him. Well, I just thought they seemed like they had really great chemistry together. So like, I thought that something might happen there, but I don't know. I think I may, I may have wanted, if that's what they were going for in the end there, I think I probably wanted that to be stated a bit more blatantly. Because I think like to, to make it such an ambiguous situation is not well it leaves it up for interpretation yeah, well, but you it's see like it that right could be us. done yeah it's 50 50 like you saw it and i did it and so like does that really impact the movie not really but like no not at all but if that was your intention like if they wanted that to be the the case then like don't leave room for interpretation like tell us yeah and but i also think that it's the safe way to go because you're not putting a label on it and you're not like what like what Riverdale has done with like the queer baiting and stuff where it kind of just you know you try to make it a more definitive thing when it doesn't have to be so I kind of liked that it was just that was up in the air yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay all right I'm glad that she mentioned it because like I wouldn't have really thought twice I thought it was strange that he asked the concierge to go with him and actually I liked the concierge a lot so I was happy Mm -hmm. for him I was like oh good you deserve a vacation but like it it didn't even click (laughs) it was a weird thing where it's like we never saw a relationship between these two no well that's what I mean like if there had been like a coy wink or some little bit of flirty behavior earlier in the movie I think maybe that would have clicked for me but because it was just all of a sudden this is happening it was like Oh, okay. I did find it funny, though, when she she does break it off with him. And he's like, oh, you're breaking up with me, da 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 But, like, again, the dramatic... T- he, he acted that way the whole time. But, like, just the dramatics of it, even... You saw she wanted to kind of roll her eyes, but she couldn't. Right. So she was like, you'll be fine by yep. before New Year's. Like, I know you well enough at this point. And it's like, fair enough. Like, he couldn't even, like, clap back at that because it's like, yeah. he's 100% right. And he was obviously not really invested because he was not upset by and that. And that he was using her for the 
yeah. publicity, kind of, because right. he even said, like, can I just post about our breakup? It'll get yeah. me a lot of views. And it's like, fuck, wow. Yeah. Like, but not surprising. Like, that's the Ted that he showed us in the beginning. And we yeah. kind of thought that there might be a redemption in the middle. But then by the end, he's back to being yeah. usual Ted. So, I mean, nobody really got shafted in this movie. Everybody kind of gets No, it seemed want. like a happy ending with everybody. Yeah. yeah. Hold on, I have to go back now because I feel like we've been. Yeah, no, I think. Yeah, no, we're skipping around because we do have a lot of good stuff to work with. <laughs> yes, there was a very attractive guy who worked at the lodge with Jake. We first see him on a snowmobile, and then he's in another moment later on. Yes, you know who he reminded me of? Who? Chick. Oh no! <laughs> So when they were standing next to each other, was it very like quickly? A oh, it was Chicken scene, Charles? Yes, scene from Riverdale. I actually thought it was Matthew McConaughey when they when they first. Whoa! Like just like what a cameo! <laughs> I know that's why I was like, there's no way that it's him. But it's, <laughs> it's the very first time they show him, and he's like looking down. So I just. I don't know. I, I don't know what was wrong with me, but it, he was very attractive and I'm kind of sad we didn't get to see more of him. He had chick features and he had um, Dave Franco features yes. a little bit. Yeah, which I also feel like Dave Franco kind of looks a little bit like Matthew McConaughey. And in that turn, Dave Franco and chick look alike. So I guess that's why I made the uh, there you go. comparison. I have to just mention that this whole movie happens theoretically because Avi makes a wish on the Christmas tree and there is yes and there is talk about that I have a comment I have a comment okay well maybe I can we're probably gonna have the same one go ahead yeah it's just that I can't believe that this wish is being fulfilled by a gust of wind knocking two people down a mountain and causing one of them to get amnesia like was there a less violent way that we could have fulfilled this Christmas wish because this just seems like a very rude way (laughs) to achieve it it is but I don't think that that was the intention behind it I think it was well first of all every Christmas meet cute type movie mm-hmm. needs to have the in disguise Santa that works in the town doing some type of right very poorly disguised like always yes. has like we know you're the Santa, Santa. yeah <laughs> Right, yeah. you're not hiding it. It's fine. That little wink you gave us, we get it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but when she put her wish on the tree, the fact that as soon as she did that, it flew away. Like, we didn't need to have the wind knock Sierra and Ted off the mountain. The fact that we saw that it lifted the wish up into the universe was enough to know that it was gonna something was going to happen with that. Yeah, I mean, I, that doesn't bother me so much as the fact that this is how Santa slash Christmas slash the miracle decided to bring these two people together. Mm, it was like, yeah. let's give one person a head injury and it'll force them to be together. It's like, it reminds me of the discussion on how did this get made about the box in Wish Upon. Oh, yeah. And like how the box carried out the various wishes uh-huh. so how involved is the box in the process and how involved is the wish in bringing these two people together very involved because it also <laughs> brought them the sleigh when they needed when avi 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 it's avi because i kept thinking they were saying abby or abby okay. so it's avi avi kadabi avi kadabi um, when Abby and Jake need to get to the hotel and he's like oh we'll take the snowmobile instead 
Yeah. So all of a sudden the sleigh appears and it's like, oh, it's the sleigh that she brought up to them before. Right. At saying this it was a gorgeous sleigh. Fucking Christmas thing where they like sell sleighs, which I guess I don't think they. Buy? I think it was just like it had a I think price it was just tag. Just like a display. Oh. It had oh. a price tag, and he was like, "Well, we can't afford this." And then that's when they buy the snow globe. What an alternative! So she right, <laughs> and and it, and it wasn't even for Abby; it was for Sierra because she liked the snow right. globe. So his daughter was like, "Can we buy this sleigh?" And then he's like, "We can't afford that, but let me buy the snow globe for the, your new mommy." No, it's it's more the convenience of the Santa just being there when she says that too. Well, but I don't. I thought maybe Sierra bought them the sleigh. No. No. Uh-uh. Why not? I think it was this because then the Santa comes up and is like, "Oh, she has very good taste." Yeah, about the but sleigh. I thought that I don't think so. Hmm. Hmm. That's another hmm. thing I would like some clarification on. All right. <laughs> because I I thought it was I thought it was obvious to me that Sierra had purchased it for them. Why am I not remembering this? Remembering what? Or feeling that that was the well, case. Well, if you didn't realize that it had a price tag on it, then maybe you didn't realize it was for sale. When would she? Okay. When would she have bought it for them? I don't know. Because she didn't know she had money. Well, after this was after they don't get the sleigh until after she recovers her memory. Wouldn't there be some type of like note on it? Like I know you guys loved this. So I don't here know. It is. <laughs> I don't know. That's what makes me think it's the Santa because it's like well, oh another Christmas miracle. I think that's an equally viable theory. I okay. I just again I think that the movie should have clarified that for us because obviously yes. if we're both thinking very definitively it was this one way then they didn't do a good job explaining it but regardless yeah. they have a fucking sleigh for no reason yeah <laughs> they hitch old to- balthazar up to it and ride i it love on balthazar over. i think that's a great name for i thought he was gonna be a more important part of the movie but he's really just there for transportation at the end but he and a therapist he listened to her you know yeah, okay a little bit Listen, horses are fantastic. Okay. Let's backtrack a little. Okay. Again. Sorry, but one of the main focuses of this movie is she helps organize this party to help get donations. The fundraiser. I have a couple of tidbits for that. Oh. Well, not tidbits, but questions. Okay. Prior to the party... (laughs) She decides she wants to go. She's like, after he says the memories thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's it. I'm going to go. I'm really not supposed to be here. I don't know who I am. Like, it just doesn't make sense, all that stuff. And he comes and hits her with the angel and is like, (laughs) not literally, not literally. (laughs) I need you to help me with this angel to put it up. And I said, I'm like, I feel like putting the angel on the tree is their first base. Like, the way that scene went down where he was like, but I need you for this. And, like, the assistance was very, like... I thought that was a higher base than first base. Really? Yeah, I thought... They didn't even hit first base yet. Well, I mean, not in the traditional sense of bases, but... No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I felt like that was their intro into bases, at least. I don't know. That seemed, like, so significant that it almost feels like that was the movie's version of sex. I don't know. That was the intimate moment where he opened himself up to her fully and let her in to his, you know, temple. The angel lets you put the tree up her vagina. (laughs) By the way, Don and I are rewriting The Night Before Christmas, and that's the first uh, line. (laughs) Read that for you. The Night Before Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) We'll do a reading when it gets closer. Was the night before Christmas. So, yeah, so she decides 
oh, let's go through the memory book that has the list of all past guests from Mm -hmm. the North Star and we'll make this fundraiser, yada yada. And she then takes like a picture of the grandma and Avi and Jake outside and then prints these flyers. There is no way that printer is printing that many full page oh, red inked and they flyers. looked good that was good that quality. was not a kinko's job that was a good quality <laughs> printer yeah and those were a lot of flyers yeah For a full page red inked flyer yes come on and this party was on christmas eve they do say a couple times like the people might have plans go. but no one's going guys like <laughs> that would never no. happen and the dress code for this party was confused. You had people okay. in ugly Christmas sweaters. You had people in pajamas. Basically pajamas. I was going to say pajamas. And, and yet she's wearing the grandmother buys cocktail well, dress. says like, I have a dress for you. Okay. And I got you shoes. Like she did the whole thing up right. for her. She looked banging in that dress. She did. But I did like the red jumpsuit from the beginning of the movie better. Oh, the jump, the jumpsuit was great. Yeah. But I liked the scalloped look on the dress on the top. Yeah. She's got a great rack. Thank you. I wrote that down. Oh. Great rack. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why that, For that, that scallop too. cut looks good because she's got a great rack. <laughs> and, I, and I felt like the blazer was hit or miss. Yeah. It wasn't when I was... It was too long, I think. Too long. Yep. And mm-hmm. it, it could have been fitted a little bit more. But that was the thing. When she came down in spaghetti straps, I was like, this party is in December. Everybody else is wearing like long sleeve stuff and she's in like Yeah, but when you're straps. nervous... Was she going to be nervous? I think so. Okay. A lot was riding on her idea. All right. I just, I was expecting more from that dress. I think it was like a little plain. She looked great in it, but I thought it was going to be a little bit more wow. Mm, That's fair. But I have to say, I enjoyed her fashion once she lost, honestly, even before, but once she lost her memory and was wearing all like the flannel-y stuff, everything looked amazing on her and comfy. It was a lot of cozy plaid and simple outfits, but they all just looked great on her and I it made, yeah. it made me want to be her <laughs> applause for wardrobe department yes because it was very good I loved it so he's like do you want to see how we decorated and all that and he's like oh there's we, we even put a little dance floor just in case and she's like well why don't we test it out mm-hmm. and this is the second time they try to kiss and it doesn't fucking happen right so it's the mayor I assume yes walks in first and he's like oh we all got sorry, stuck we're behind late. the snowplow <laughs> yeah and I'm like, sorry, you're late. It's just two of you. Like, other people should be here. And then, like, the whole town comes in. And this is when we notice that the dress code is insane. Right. Because one of the first women to walk in is just wearing a big sweatshirt that says, like, here to slay or something. Like, ready to slay. Right. Like, totally inappropriate. Yeah. Yes. Especially given what we've seen that Jake, Sierra, Abby, and the grandmother are wearing. They're all wearing very nice cocktail attire. And then this And woman she's wearing in. a sweater as a dress that she... Yeah. It's not a sweater dress, though. She's just wearing an no, oversized sweater with no yeah, pants. it's an oversized sweatshirt. And it says some stupid, like, ready to slay or something. And it's like, oh, come on. Who invited you? <laughs> yeah. So Jake starts his speech of... This is the part that made me cry a little bit. It was, yeah, it was very, it was, it was very, very heartwarming. Sweet. Yeah. And at one point, but like, he's, <laughs> he 
goes, oh, and, you know, the gingerbread houses are not for eating. And then he calls out Kenny. <laughs> hey, Kenny, talking to you. Hey, Kenny, talking to you. And then the face that this guy makes, I'm like, poor Kenny. <laughs> yeah, right? Poor guy's getting called out for no reason. We've, this is the first time we've met Kenny. Like, Right? Like, we don't know if he's a gingerbread addict. We like, don't enough. know. <laughs> Kenny, lay off Kenny. Maybe Kenny's going through a rough time and he needs some gingerbread. <laughs> Jesus, leave him alone. Gingerbread anonymous leave him alone it's a a rare disease (laughs) oh my god so then this very nice man comes up and is like listen you've been here since the beginning you helped my son learn how to ski and now he's a ski um champion or whatever or like an instructor but like a ski patrol or something like that Mm. and hands him a check now, right. we don't know how much these checks are made for. Right. But he's like, here is what all the lessons would have been. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, they're making it seem like it's a hefty sum. Yeah. Now, then a couple comes up and they're like, we had our honeymoon here mm-hmm. and you wouldn't let us pay or something like that. And now, a quick little tidbit. If anybody, any fans of ours, we follow a lot of the reality. Well, I'm saying we. Yeah. Because Twitter, it's collective, but... Some of us more than others. I (laughs) follow a lot of the reality show podcast. So if you watch this movie, you will notice that the wife of the couple was from season nine of Married at First Sight, Iris. Very niche. Very niche reference. (laughs) But the fact that she is playing a newlywed, Uh. mind you... On that season, they did not work out. But she's playing, and I was like, huh, I knew you. And I found that to be very interesting. So just wanted to put that out there. They also hand over a check, which we assume is another hefty sum. Mm -hmm. And then the mayor is like, listen, I got another surprise for you. We made this historic, we got this to be a historic landmark. They can't do anything to it now. This is what I thought Sierra's plan was. When she first started to think about it and try mm. to get an idea, I thought her plan was going to be to make it a historical landmark. So when it was the fun- so now the fun right, right? So now that's just for like if they need repairs or anything. It's like they're right because it's obviously it's not going to sustain them forever. Like it's definitely going to help them, but mm-hmm. he, uh, Jake even says it. Like if we don't get reservations, it's not going to matter that people mm-hmm. gave all this money. So it's not even the historical landmark thing. It's not even the fundraiser. It's the fact that Sierra plugs it at the press conference, which was the press conference to announce that she had been found or was it to Um, announce their engagement? The engagement because Tad's the one that organized it. And he had gotten an outfit for her and she's like, no, I'm doing something simple, which looked amazing. Again, like jeans and the blazer. And and it had that like flutter sleeve, but like it was nice. It was very pretty Mm -hmm. but yeah i think it was for the engagement and again when she was found he pulls out the ring puts it on her Mm -hmm. she immediately remembers that it didn't fit and she told him that right come on well you know jogs your memory (laughs) yeah everything jogs her memory perfectly well in time for this when when they show up everything seems to come back to her very quickly to the point where like she's just restored and and it's like Okay, I guess there's no transition. We don't need therapy. Yeah, after there's this, no transition period. Everything is just the way it was. Just taking everybody's word for it. Yeah. Like, I remember a smidge of it. It must be right. Yeah. So, yeah, so the press conference happens and it's Christmas morning. And 
and um, Jake and Abby are watching it on TV. Mm-hmm. And again, like you said, she plugs North Star. Like, right. She mentions it twice it. just to be like, hey, this is where I was. This is where they were taking care right, of me. Right. And they're right. And they were extremely accommodating yep. and like, you should check them out, basically. Mm-hmm. And we see a scene where the grandmother's answering the phones and they just start blowing up. Yeah. Ringing off the hook. And mentioning I saw you on the press conference, which I think was good writing on this movie's part. I kind of liked yeah, that I, segue to it all. I liked how they did it without her dad, because I do think that... Be- that ended up being an afterthought. Right. Beauregard shooting down Jake at the very beginning of the movie. You know, you can sort of see it from Beauregard's perspective, like what's in it for him. He really doesn't mm-hmm. need this guy's help. And so he's dismissive, but he's not super rude. But, you know... He wasn't, no. There's obviously like not a deal happening there and so for him to offer again just because of what happened with sierra i can understand from jake's perspective it's kind of like well i don't really want to take your money at this point because you shot me down initially Mm -hmm. and now you're just going to give it to me because of your daughter so i get that and the movie was going to have to try to figure out how to save the north star without taking that handout and i think they did do a good job with that because ultimately i think Beauregard's reconsidering his initial position, but it's now the ball is more so in Jake's court than right. his. It wasn't the be all end all. It was, it's now just like in consideration kind of. Right. Cause obviously the fame from being mentioned in a press conference is probably not going to last forever. So no, um, he will eventually need to have an investor to help support him. But I also think that even if it doesn't last it's enough to put them on the map so they are at least yeah they could have like word of mouth word of mouth at that point yeah because i think again it is a gorgeous place it's just smaller i mean the town alone is a great vacation spot like having that town is very nice too Mm -hmm. i think they should have ended the movie at the north star because we end in the courtyard on a pullback shot of the Belmont Hotel. Right. That didn't feel right. It felt like that whole family should be back where they're going to be living and working together. Yeah. So I thought that was kind But of- I think if anything, the courtyard gave a visual of not really having to be the hotel. Like, yes, they were at the hotel, but the courtyard gives off that vibe of just like a cozier feeling and not a commercial feeling. So it was more just the meetings of the minds coming together type of thing. So it was kind of like a happy medium spot. Yeah. I think. I didn't like it. I think they should have been at the North Star. I didn't actually like that he went there to tell her how he felt because I think he was pretty clear about it. I don't actually think that that needed to be stated, you know? Well, Abby was very um, persistent and like, well, did you tell her how you felt? Right. Well, and maybe you should that's, go there now. And maybe that's why I'm kind of annoyed by it because it's just like, little girl, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, Right. You're they, not old enough to understand this shit. They almost kissed twice. They discussed how they shouldn't move forward because like she might have somebody back. Like, it's obvious that they had feelings for each other. She left him to go back to her fiance and announce the engagement on TV. Why would he put himself in the situation of once again? Right, but I don't think she knew about the press conference being the announcement because she does say to the dad, like, I'm sorry. Oh, I thought you were talking about what's her face. I thought you were talking about Sierra. No, I was talking about Abby. Oh, okay. One one last thing here. I love a movie with bloopers. Oh, I didn't watch the bloopers. 
What? Why? Um, because I was at work, and once I was done, I was done. They come on right after the end of the movie, like... No, the minute it came up and it said, Falling for Christmas, <gasps> I shut it off. Oh my god, John, there's bloopers, and they're so fun. I love bloopers. I love them so much. I will. Then I'll have to go back. I will watch bloopers for things I've never even seen. Like, I don't even have to get the references. I just love it when people are like having fun doing their oh i totally get you doing their work but and the guy who plays jake seems like a real fucking goofball like he is constantly well did you watch glee i didn't okay he was in glee he's not in a lot i looked at his imdb page no he's not not in a lot but i do have stony's tidbit corner <laughs> we should make that an official segment it's tidbit time love it court overstreet originally read for tad's part oh okay. which i cannot see it being i can now that i've seen the bloopers because he was very goofy so i i could see him hamming it up for that role okay all right i think if you told me that tad could play the detective in malignant i would have thought you were fucking crazy <laughs> that is true so <laughs> i'm still very amazed by that whole... i know i i was <sighs> i knew he fucking looked familiar that's nuts I know, I thought he looked familiar too, but I did not think that was from where. (laughs) Damn, am I going to have to watch Malignant again tonight? Oh, like you weren't going to do that anyway. So, this is the third character, Jake, that Lindsay Lohan has... Oh, been opposite to? So, one was Chad Michael Murray's Jake in Freaky Friday. Oh, great movie. The second was Chris Pine's Jake in Just My Luck. Oh my god. And then this Jake for Falling for Christmas. Good for her. She's got a type. If you did not know already, her sister Aliana played yes. the Glam Squad. Yes. I, I only knew it because I looked at the IMDb page. but And then I was okay. like, that's the same last name. And she also, Aliana Lohan, sang one of the versions of Jingle Bells. Okay. And the song Without You. Oh, that played during that weird fucking montage where it was like, we just saw all of this. Why are they recapping their entire relationship? We've been here for the past hour watching it. We don't need this. Why is this? We just, that, you just pulled a uh, Jason Manzoukas during the, uh, the Harry and Meghan episode. Oh, I never listened to that one. Are you serious? You literally verbatim almost just repeated what he said oh, about no, that I'm movie. Oh, no, I haven't because, I mean, I don't care about the royals and, like, the royal weddings and stuff, so I never listened to that. <laughs> okay, but that was one of the funniest episodes ever, whether uh, you're a royals fan or not. I'm right. telling you, it was okay. so fucking funny. I'll, okay. I'll listen to it then. But, okay, but... I will digress, but he does say <laughs> there is a part, because it's a Lifetime movie, so... okay. The end, they do, like, a, sh- a shot by shot that of what we just saw. And yeah. he goes, it's like they put it on iPhoto and just had it make, like, a, a slideshow. <laughs> but, yeah, he's like, we just saw all of this. We don't need a recap. Like, it was just, nope. it was very funny. And you legit, I think, <laughs> word for word, repeated well, them. Jason and I would probably be good friends. But, honestly, like, I've always felt that way when they do this in movies. I find it so strange when they recap stuff that we've just seen. They do it in the 365 movies all the time. And it's like, we just watched it <laughs> yeah like but it's i feel not like there's long. also a way to do it 
That's this one was very choppy. I think if you showed more in intersp- like their memories interspersed with them like going about their lives or yes, something as though they're but like the blocked thinking off about it. Memory yeah, but this was literally thing. like a slideshow in the middle of the movie mm-hmm. with with this song that I guess is being featured because of because she's Lindsay Lohan's sister. Um, yeah, so she <laughs> sang it and co-wrote it. So it was, was a nice song. It's just if I wanted somebody to know what this movie was about, I'd just show them that small clip. Mm-hmm. Be like, here this is the movie <laughs> that was also a great line that she gave oh i would have remembered i don't think i've yeah. met anybody before anyone like you before because if i had i would have remembered it honestly i liked it more than i thought i would because cheesy but she delivered it very well yes she delivered everything very yeah, well Yeah. if we've learned anything tonight people Lindsay lowen is back and uh-huh. everyone needs to bow down because she did seriously an she amazing did great. job she looks great she's uh. The healthiest she's ever been. I love her hair so much. Yes. I actually made a point to say she's wearing green, and I said, Uh, Redheads in green get me every time. I know. It's such a good look. It's such a good look. It and, really and at is. And I think the scene you're referring to, she's literally wearing like a floor length nightgown, like flannel nightgown, like something that should not be flattering on anyone. No. And she looks amazing. Yep. Oh, and one last thing. When you start the movie and it has the rating at the top, it said rated TV PG for fear. 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 Wow. So from falling down the mountain, I guess. Maybe. That's the only fearful moment. It just seemed very vague. It's yeah. like TV PG for fear. I love when they rate <laughs> movies uh, for peril. Like moments of peril. Oh, yeah. That's what this should have like, been. Oh. It should have been moments of peril. Yeah, I think I think fear is a little too ominous. But um, <laughs> if you were to rate this movie, what would you give it? Oh, like in terms of... One out of ten. Ooh, it's hard. So, like, in general or, like, on holiday movies? Both. Let's let's uh, start with in general. Okay. In general, I would give it probably a six. Okay. Because it's not a great movie. No. It's not a bad movie. I'm probably not going to watch it again. And I wouldn't go out and tell people, like, you have to watch this movie. I would say, like, oh, this I watched this movie. It was cute. You know, if you have time. I'm not going to go around like I did with right. Killer Sofa and tell everybody I knew to watch this like, movie. Like, you would never know how amazing this movie is. Right. Yes, no. Um, so, know. yeah, I would say, like, a six is probably comfortable for that. But in this genre of holiday movie, I would put it probably, like, around an eight or a nine i think it's i have to agree i think it's way above the normal quality you see on these bullshitty movies and i think it does help that Lindsay lohan is an established actor you know like a lot of the Mm -hmm. lifetime actors they're not bad but Lindsay lohan's legit right and it's all like with the lifetime movies those it's all they know that's all they go for so Mm -hmm. you're not seeing any range at all yeah i agree with you on your ratings i think uh yeah yeah definitely if you're gonna watch any holiday movies this year and this is like the kind of thing that you like to watch this is gonna impress you for sure Mm -hmm. we've watched some movies for for the how did this get made like Mm -hmm. live shows like holiday movies like that one with the snowman or the oh my god yeah and those are bad like those are bad movies this is not that. And not even like, I mean, yeah, they're bad, but just their level of cheesiness is yes. just and the gimmicks. over the top. Yeah. This is not very gimmicky. Like, yeah, it has that one amnesia trope, which is, again, problematic. 
but it's more forgivable in in this context and with the people involved. Everybody is pretty charming except for the child (laughs) and Ted. And Ted. But he does get better at some point, so. Yeah, and then he goes off to live his best life. So yeah, everybody, that was Falling for Christmas on Netflix. I mean, petition to retitle Falling for Lindsay because hook, line, and sinker. (laughs) Yeah, I really, I can't get over. She even delivered the corny shit. Yeah. Very well. Yeah, like, it went down smooth because it came from Lindsay. Yeah, because, I mean, there were movies that, in her downfall, she has done that I've seen. Like, um, I Know Who Killed Me. Mm-hmm. Um, oof, that was not good. <laughs> and even when she played Liz Taylor in Liz and Dick. Oh, right. That was, that, not good. Uh. that was not good. And you're playing another famous figure. Right, an so icon, that was yeah. Not. But, um, no, this, I mean... To think that her comeback was a Netflix Christmas movie. I think she needed this as a stepping stone. Like, if, Oh, a thousand percent. If she now came out with something more mainstream, I would absolutely watch it. It would be a lot easier, yeah. I would absolutely say, like, yes. And I even think the um, any talk about her on set has probably changed drastically. Because I remember I'm hearing sure, yeah. horror stories about... Right. What, what, I forget the movie she did with Jane Fonda. Oh. There was a movie she did with Jane Fonda, yeah. and they just said she, she never showed up. Right, yeah. She was always late. Like, I mean, she was torture. Right. And I think that that definitely had to have taken... I mean, yeah. her press tour alone for this movie, she seemed so... She looked great. Yeah. She was just on her fucking game. Yeah, I think... She really needed to take some time to kind of work through all of those issues that come from being a child actor and the pressure Mm -hmm. and the media scrutiny. You know, you can't have a private breakdown when you're a celebrity. So Mm -mm. it just makes it worse. And I think it helped her to be out of the limelight for a little while. And I'm and I'm sure she's getting lots of help for the issues. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, good for her for turning it around. We love to see a comeback. Yes, absolutely. What do we have coming up? Oh my we gosh, have so much good stuff. So much good stuff. We have Batman coming next week with Mel Gibson and Walter Goggins, who I don't even get me started. He's amazing. And then we have <laughs> a delight. We are going to watch The Ginger Dead Man. <laughs> Starring Gary Busey. It makes so much sense. <laughs> so much sense to where I looked it up and there it's a trilogy. The second one is called Ginger Dead Man 2. Passion of the Crust. The Passion of the Crust. And the third one is called Saturday Night Cleaver. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what we have coming up. And then the end, end, end of the month. Emily and Paris is back, guys. She sure is. And she is back. Back and ready to piss us off. Just when we thought we missed her, we really don't because we just watched Inheritance, so. <sighs> I know. I'm just, I'm excited to have Sylvie back in my life. I want to see what great things she's doing. I want doing. Sylvie. I want Luke. But yes. So we have a pretty packed month of December. Mm-hmm. It'll be 2023 before you know it. Don't forget about merch. Don't forget about cocktails. You can now find us on Hive Social, which I can only assume will be our backup. God forbid Twitter collapses. Yes, God forbid. <laughs> no, because that's like the main, that's the main frame. I know, we us. just hit 1,500 followers. Yeah, so we're now over 1,500 followers. Now we just need to move all of them over to Hive. <laughs> 
Yeah. Where it's safe. <laughs> yeah, it's safe in the hive, guys. Safe in the hive. And you know where to find us now. Twitter until it's gone. Instagram, hive. We're on all the fun streaming platforms. I do want to give a huge th- shout out to Good Pods for putting us on their recommended list, which <laughs> is phenomenal. So, yeah, do you have anything else to add? I mean, by the time this airs, Thanksgiving will have been long gone, but hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving. Yes, very much so. Oh, and don't forget, if you have a promo slash trailer you want to trade up, hit us at our email. I hate it. Let's watch it at gmail.com or on our website in the contacts page. We could find it that way. So until next time.